This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. This is your host, Kelly King, and I'm here again with my co-host, Elizabeth Heinemann. Hey, Elizabeth. Hello. Well, how's it going? Are you making it again? Making it. You know, it's raining at my house, so you might get to hear some rain over the audio. I don't know what this microphone picks up, but we'll see. Well, I am still in Oklahoma when, when we're recording this at my parents' house, and so every time I do a call and I can see... Um, the 1970s paneling behind me, it always <laughs> kind of makes me laugh and, you know, but I love it. You know, I, I love that we get to be here. Well, I'm super excited about our guest today, Elizabeth. Um, some of you may know Crystal Evans Hurst. You may not, but you probably know a little bit about her family. And um, we think Crystal is just really amazing. And we are so excited to have you here, Crystal. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here with you. It's my treat. Yeah, well, we are the kind of uh, podcast that we don't like to give some big flowery long intro because we want to hear from you. So will you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your ministry, and, and who you are? Sure. Well, um, my parents, Tony and Lois Evans, um, have been in ministry all their lives, raised in church, pastor's kid. My sister, especially the Lifeway audience, will know a lot about Priscilla Shire, I'm sure. And so people always are asking, who's the oldest? And I let them tell us. How about that? (laughs) And then we have two brothers, um, Anthony and Jonathan. So we're all involved and engaged in ministry locally and otherwise. Um, And so we have a good time still working working together in ministry together. I'm married, have been for almost 20 years. We have five children. We're a blended family. The kids are ages 28 to 11. And my oldest um, has, she and her husband have, uh, they just had number three. So I have three grandchildren, which is crazy, but um, I'm happy about that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Crystal, your your new book is on a book about prayer, and so if you'll tell us a little bit more about that, like what was the kind of heart behind it, and then also just give us a little bit more information about what people can find in in the book. Sure. Well, I wasn't trying to write a book. I was trying to write my own thoughts and prayers to develop some consistency around Uh, my prayer life. I've never had a problem talking to God, but talking to God consistently, like when there's a problem, when there's not a, you know, pandemic, (laughs) these major things that have to be resolved and I'm begging God for help. I would pray then, but not just as a matter of every day, not with consistency. Mm -hmm. So because I knew that accountability works, I said, if I tell the world, I'm going to pray consistently for 28 days, and then I'm going to share those prayers with them, then I'll do it because then I won't want to disappoint people. So this was when Instagram was chronological. And so I would post, at that time, I was posting six times a day. And I would post with an aim towards, um, you know, praise and giving thanks, repentance, um, requests, um, asking things from God, yielding, surrender, just, just coming up with different things to share. And so people enjoyed that. They said, can we do it again? We did the challenge again. Then we made it a seven day thing. And then finally I was just talking to my publisher one day and they said, you know, have you ever considered just making that a book? 
And I was like, not really, because that wasn't the intent. So what it is, is this 28-day prayer journey is a kind of condensed version instead of six times a day. It's a three times a day um, prompt um, book that doesn't give you the prayers, but it does give you background for prayer and then gives you a prompt so you can fill in the blank with what you want to say to God. And the goal is that for a concise period of time, you know, 28 days, can I talk to God throughout the day about random different stuff? And I try to take the weight off by giving you the random different stuff to talk to God about. And hopefully by the end of that month, you feel a little addicted to it, just like you would if you had, you know, if you were dating a guy and you, um, because you enjoyed the person's company, you talked to them multiple times a day, texted throughout the day, got off work, talked on the phone on the way home from work. I mean, just, you liked them. And if you had to separate from them, it would be difficult because you're so used to talking to them. And that's what the goal is, is to get so used to talking to God about the details of your day that talking to him is praying without ceasing and you're doing it without having all the pressure of figuring out what that means. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. Cause I mean, when you think about scripture and it says pray at all times, and like you said, pray without ceasing, a lot of people just think, well, what is that? You know, am I just supposed to be praying all day long, but it is the conversation that you're having with, with the creator and just uh, it, it is, it's a, it's a conversation and it is, just, you know, acknowledging who he is and things like that. Well, I'm sure that when you wrote the book or when you were doing the writing, you had no idea about 2020 and all the things that we have been, you know, going through in the past year. Um, And I love the description. It says, it is for anyone who longs for a consistent prayer life, which you've kind of mentioned that, yet struggles with distractions. I mean, I can people tell me all the time, like, you know, I'm praying and then all of a sudden I'm thinking about laundry um, doubts or knowing where to start. And so really, I think this year, maybe there's, there's just been a lot of distractions and I feel like a lot of women can relate to this. So talk a little bit about maybe how, how your prayer life has been affected this year and especially through COVID and just, you know, how can you encourage, you know, women through this? Well, I think, um, you know, I used to be, uh, have a long commute to work and I would listen to this radio program. There was a guy named Tom Dooley who had this morning uh, radio show and it was music and word and prayer and music and prayer and word. And it was just this great mix of time in the car. And he, he talked about something that I had never heard talked about. And that was breath prayers. This idea that we don't have to have these long liturgical prayers. There's nothing wrong with those, but we take the pressure off when we realize that you know, God help me is a whole prayer. <laughs> you know, you see the sunrise and you just say, wow, thanks for fa- being faithful and consistent. That's a whole prayer. Um, and so, so listening to that program, I got into the habit of these little breath prayers and feeling like this is a whole prayer. Um, there's this pressure that we feel, I think, to pray the way we see other people praying, or we've experienced that when there are formal opportunities to pray corporately. And there's nothing wrong with those prayers. There's nothing wrong with spending an hour on your knees before the Lord. There's nothing wrong with, with doing it that way. But I think if we wait for the right opportunity to have that 20-minute prayer time or that hour-long war room fervent experience, you know, <laughs> Priscilla with her movie, before, I think if we just say, right this second, I'm so grateful for my family. You know, as you watch your children play, thanks that everybody's happy and healthy. Or your husband one night says, you know, that's all right, just go to bed, I've got it. Hey, wow, thanks God. Or here's what I really want. 
I want this new job. I'm sick of my old job. But you know what, God? I leave it up to you. Whatever your will is, I've done all I can, but your will be done. That's a whole prayer. So I think this, the, the goal is to take the pressure off of prayer, having to look a certain way and to say, well, listen, praying without ceasing just means you're talking to him along the way about things that come up um, as you want to talk and, and hopefully freeing people up to do it the way that works for them. Yeah. I think too, sometimes when people say, you know, they, they express a need and we kind of just, we say, um, I'm, I'll be praying for you, but how many times do we stop right then and maybe just pray, you know? Do you find that women, t- you know, that that's a, a tendency that people have? Oh, yeah, because you think you got to wait until you have your prayer time. But if you release yeah. yourself from this idea that prayer has to be at this time when I've got to be able to do it a certain way. And again, I'm not knocking prayer times. I think if you've got the bandwidth to have a designated time where you go deep in prayer with the Lord, I think that that's great. I just want to say that's not the only way to do it. So when you hear somebody say they have a prayer request right then and there with them, hey, can I pray for you real quick? And it doesn't have to be a beautiful prayer. Or after you get off the phone, immediately you tell you tell them, hey, you know what? As soon as we get off the phone, I'm just going to pray about that. And you do. Lord, listen, you know about this more than I do. Would you please give her an answer? Would you please guide her steps? That's a whole prayer. So yes to specificity and yes to depth and yes to meaningful prayer. But I think if we realize that praying without ceasing meant just that, that it's an opportunity just to keep the lines of communication open so that we can catch all those little things that we feel guilty about not doing because we don't have that big prayer time, that we'd find that the big prayer time is a culmination of little small moments as we go. Yeah. I liked how you likened it to when you're dating someone. And I also thought of like group texts or we've talked before on this podcast about Voxer and how I've gotten into Voxer during the quarantine time. And I think that's, we may need to retrain our brain instead of like, Hey, I'm going to sit here and do a monologue, but it's more like just this ongoing dialogue that can happen in the little moments. Cause I know I text my friends about all kinds of stuff and it can, I don't have to like preface it with like, Hey, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about you and I just wanted to tell you this. And, you know, and, and instead I'm just like, So this weird thing just happened and they're all like contributing to the conversation. And so I think if we kind of retrain our brain, kind of like you were saying with those breath prayers to just think, Hey, it doesn't have to be this elaborate thing. Every time I can, like, God knows my heart. He already knows my thoughts. So this is just me like repeating them to him and telling him um, just little things that, you know, asking for help or giving him praise for, for the little things in our lives. And I think that's a great way to think about it. Um, and this prayer is a question that we get uh, so many questions about prayer because I think it is intimidating because people don't think of it that way. And so you may have already answered this a little bit, but what are some very practical suggestions that you have for listeners to make a habit out of praying? And like, what are some just starting points? Um, when we're trying to think through forming the habit of prayer? Well, I think that you have to decide, um, you know, 
this idea of priming the pump, that there's something that happens when you get it going right, right? Some people like working out in the evening. Some people like working out in the morning, but there's always that day one, that first day where you're like, okay, I'm going to get it going. Or we get ready for a diet and we're like, okay, I'm going to go to the store and make sure my fridge is full of all the good things. Like there's this preparation for it. So for me, preparation for prayer um, happening the whole day does start in the morning. Um, again, I don't think that, that there's a prescription for prayer that's legalistic. Of course, Jesus taught the disciples to pray in Matthew 6, and the components that we know that belong in prayer, like praise and thanksgiving and repentance and um, asking and yielding, we know that's there. But what it looks like, actually, we, we get to be creative with it. So this Bible study teacher years ago, I had I was in a Bible study for moms, and I was talking about how I was trying to grow and I was reading and trying to do these deep Bible studies. And she said, this is not your season for reading a book a week. This is your season to slow down and do things differently. If you want to connect with God, let me give you a tip. Connect throughout your day, but start your day with him. But before your feet hit the floor, not before, not so that you can get into your Bible study chair, not so that you can go on your five hour walk with your, you know, by yourself. She said, before you get out of bed, before your feet hit the floor, stretch your hands to heaven and say, good morning, God. Thank you for letting me live to see another day. Would you please let me know what's on your agenda for me today? Help me to be an instrument of your love, your grace, your mercy, your power. How can I be a part of what you're doing? I'm looking forward to spending the day with you. Then put your feet on the floor and get going. It's almost like an opening of the door for me, um, a welcoming in to the day. It's like I'm reminding myself that there's a friend who's going through the day with me. And, you know, that can happen before your feet hit the floor. It can happen while you take your morning shower. It can happen while you're, you know, in the mirror, blow drying your hair. It can happen in the car on the way to work. But there's something about saying to God, New day, fresh house, you're welcome. And I think starting that helps you to be conscious of that as you go throughout your, your hours and your day. I love that. And I think one thing that I just thought of while you were talking about that, um, because I have done this in seasons in my life and I probably need to go back to it, but on your phone, if you use your phone as your alarm clock, you can name your alarms. And so for a while I had an alarm that was named um, – text my friends or something. Cause I had some friends that were like, you get up first out of all of us. So if you could just text us and tell us like to read a, a scripture passage, that would be helpful. So I would like get up, read that alarm thing and it would remind me to text them. And so I think even just, you can name your alarm, whatever. And so even just say like, wake up, say good morning to God or whatever, you know, um, I'm sure you can't put like an entire prayer. There's probably a limited amount of characters, but just as a reminder, I feel like that would be so helpful because I do love the thought of starting your day in prayer. And I think you're right. It sets the tone for the entire day. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. One thing that we um, also get a lot of questions about, because we talk to a lot of like small group leaders and Bible study leaders is how can we encourage women to pray, not just on their own, but in groups? Cause that can be very intimidating to a lot of people. What would you say to those women? Well, I think that practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things that we may not be comfortable doing, but the more we do it, the more comfortable we get. I would also say, try different types of prayers. In other words, level the playing field. If you just tell people to pray, and there's a woman who's prayed in church all of her life, and she's going to cover all of the things in her prayer, that may make a woman who's new to Christ, who's new to church, 
feel like, oh, I can't, I can't pray like that. So sentence prayers would be an idea um, where everybody just prays one sentence. And so you go around the room and um, you can do that just one time. You can do it multiple times where everybody says something that they're thankful for. And then everybody says, you know, they pray for a need or maybe they pray for the person next for them, but it's like a sentence. So then the person who knows how to pray and feels totally comfortable prays one line and so does the person who totally doesn't want to pray at all in front of anybody. So that would be one thing is just to kind of change it up is for it not to have to be what you would normally look like. And so that way you shake it up for everybody. Um, and just, you know, I, I think that would be one way. I, I think that would begin to start us looking at prayer with fresh eyes. Yeah. I, I mean, I get kind of questions from groups and group leaders. A lot of times who just say, you know, I'm, I'm always afraid to call on someone or they feel uncomfortable, but helping them kind of giving them some, some really easy starting points and just saying, Hey, we're all going to just pray a sentence prayer or just pray for one another real quickly or pair up and maybe one-on-one. And those are good ways too. And I love what you said just about just with your day. And it reminds me, this is an old little book. Um, by a monk called Brother Lawrence, Practicing the Presence of God. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I mean, that's been around forever, but he just talks about just like doing the dishes and whatever you're doing, that God is with you. And and prayer is just practicing the presence of God being with you. Yes, absolutely. I remember my mother used to keep cards in the windowsill as she did dishes so that she could meditate on scriptures there. I took the same idea and taped three by five cards inside my kitchen cabinet. So as I put away dishes, I would run into either a verse, a scripture, a thought I wanted to, um, to, to marinate on, or even my prayer request, you know? Um, so I think that we have to take the stigma that it looks a certain way, you know? And they will tell you, you know, going, getting back to relationships when you get married, you know, don't try to compare your, marriage to somebody else's marriage like you all are two individual individually unique people who have made a unique marriage situation and so figure out your vibe and enjoy the the process and have fun enjoy the freedom to do that and your relationship with god is no different you are an unrepeatable miracle you are a unique person and god is to be known and it will take us forever eternity to get to know him so enjoy the process of getting to know him and enjoy the process of getting to know um, what your communication style is with God. That's so good. And one thing that you touched on just briefly that I would love to hear more about is meditating on scripture. Cause I think that that's something that we say a lot, but it's hard to really know what that means. So could you tell a little bit more about uh, what that means for you? What is it? What does it actually look like to meditate on scripture? Yeah. Well, you can meditate on it by reading it or by having it hidden in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just intentional rolling it around in your mouth. It's like a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> Bite a Jolly Rancher. You enjoy it and you roll it around until it's totally melted and becomes a part of you. Rolling the scriptures around means looking at them, looking at them often. So that goes back to putting scriptures in places where you'll see it. I'm a big proponent of expo markers on your bathroom mirror or even lipstick will do. But whatever you want to get down into your bones, into your mind where you know what it says, you know what it means, and you're asking the Holy Spirit to enlighten his word for you. Um, that is just putting it where you can see it and memorizing it. I think memorization doesn't get as much 
credit as it should because there's something special about reading it, but there's something special, even more special about having it read you because it comes alive at the moments where you need it the most. A friend of my mom said years ago, she saw me teaching my children. She said, I want to encourage you to keep teaching the word of God. She had had breast cancer, a really bad kind. And she said, when I couldn't reach for my Bible and didn't have the strength to pick it up, the scriptures that were comforting me were the ones I learned when I was on my mother's knee. They, they were embedded and they came back. They fed me. They gave me joy. And the beautiful thing about studying God's word is it gives you words. Um, the Psalms are wonderful for this. Of course, David wrote most of them and he was a man after God's own heart. And I can see why he was constantly revealing his own heart to God, being honest, authentic, um, crying out, celebrating. God, where are you? God, you're here. Thank you. Oh my goodness, this is terrible. I mean, he just kept going back and forth, like zero to 60 with his emotions. But he was honest. And that's another thing that meditating on scripture will do. It will give you words for people who have been where you are, who have experienced something that you are, to say, how did they handle it? Who was God in this circumstance? Who can I ask him to be? How can I hope for him to be in my scenario? And then using the Psalms especially. Okay, I don't feel like being grateful right now, but Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all time and his praises will be in my mouth. That means... I can think of something to say, or I can just repeat from meditating what God's word said and memorizing it, what has already been said, giving me a track to run on. So rolling the word of God around in your mind and your heart helps you to know what the heart of God is for you, for his people, who he is. It gives you more to work with when it's time for you to pray for something that you specifically want to deal with God about. I feel like I was listening to your dad for a moment when you were talking about Jolly Ranchers, because that just sounds like something he might say, Crystal. Do you think that? Have you... Well, what can I say? I've been sitting in for four years at the front seat of the classroom, right? Oh, I think great. I mean, it just, and I'm going to remember that. I mean, yeah, it's such a perfect that's... metaphor. I'm going to like use it. I'll credit you, but I'm going to use that often. <laughs> so good. Well, our, the name of our podcast is The Marked Podcast, and so we always ask our guest, you know, what has marked you in your walk with Christ? So tell us a little bit about something that's really marked you. What has marked me in my walk with Christ is, even though I've been a church girl my whole life and a pastor's kid, I've loved Jesus my whole life, there were seasons where my decisions did not line up with that. And so the thing that has marked me the most is that God, His love for us that truly while we were yet sinners, he died for us. While we are yet sinning, he still loves us. That he is, uh, yes, he is a God who is righteous and he does have boundaries and he does have limits and he does judge. He is a God who has gone to the end of the earth to give his only son so that we could know him. And a part of our privilege of knowing him is to talk to him. And that when we are walking in sin, it hurts us because he is forever loving us. He first loved us. That's why we can love him back. But he is always near. But when we draw near, James 4, 8 says, he, draw near, he draws near to us. And so what has marked me is his ever ready, ever present willingness to be there. He's always waiting to listen, to be involved in conversation and to love. It's our job to draw near to him. And that when we do, when I did, he was there waiting all along. It's amazing. Wow. I just love everything about that. That's great. And I feel like she's just getting wound up. You know, I, know. I, like, I feel like now going. let's get her going because I think it's coming. 
<laughs> Along that note, one thing that we thought would be un- a unique way to end this session, but a very appropriate way to end this episode of the podcast would just be to have you pray f- for our listeners in our world right now as we close out, um, since we've talked a lot about prayer and um, it's something that I feel like we don't do often enough. So why not just take a moment wherever our listeners are, they may be, you know, in a car full of screaming children, or they might be running down the road or um, just listening while they're doing dishes, whatever they're doing. I think it would be such a unique experience to just kind of approach the throne together, um, even though this is pre-recorded. But I just think, you know, God is using technology in, in very new ways every day. And so um, it would be cool to just do that together. So if you don't mind, would you pray for us as we close out? I don't mind. Lord Jesus, um, you've given us this gift, not just to get to heaven, not just to know your thoughts about us and how we should live through your word, not just to give us moral guidance and moral compass. Um, You've not just given us the opportunity to know um, unending, unmatchless or, or matchless love. You have opened the windows of heaven and said, talk to me. We, we don't have to be spiritual beings on this planet without a connection to spiritual things. All of the things that are happening in the heavenlies, Ephesians tells us that there's, there are spiritual things happening and we're spiritual beings and we don't have to walk around clueless. You actually want us to seek you as we move throughout our day and you want to speak to us and guide us with your word as the Holy Spirit guides us and as you bring opportunities for us to see you at work, you, you want us to be in the know. And we can't be unless we're talking to you. Um, help us not to minimize the beauty, the opportunity that we have to pray, not just because we can pray, but because we are engaging in conversation and getting to know the heart of the one who created us and who keeps our world spinning on its axis. And as spiritual beings, we get to be fulfilled and connected and known. Help us to treasure this opportunity that we have to communicate with you, to not forget, to not put it to the side, to not minimize it, but to walk in awe of this awesome opportunity and to engage with you every day as often as we can because of your heart toward us. We're grateful for it, the opportunity to pray, and we are so thankful that you are willing to be known. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Crystal, for the prayer and then for being on the podcast today is something that we've definitely looked forward to for a while now. So thank you. Thank you for having me. And we will have links to your book, The 28-Day Prayer Journey, um, as well as some other things that we talked about on the podcast that today in the show notes. So if you're listening and you want to grab a copy of that, you can just go to the links in our show notes and find it there. And um, we will talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heinemann. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. 
All of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.